and welcome back to another episode of the 6am run podcast. My name is Mark Paisan. I am the host of the show. And we have a really good show for you today. But first, like always, this show is brought to you by 6amrun.com. Please go there for some of the best running supplements in the world with over 10,000 five-star reviews. You can head over to 6amrun.com to sign up for up to 20% off of your first purchase. So today we have a fitness enthusiast. We have all-around good guy. We have Jeff Later. Jeff, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself for the world? Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and talk uh, about something I'm super passionate about. So I'm, I'm probably a little bit different than your average guest. I am a fitness enthusiast, but my main focus with fitness was bodybuilding uh, initially. And that's kind of what got me into you know, working out and exercise and eating right. And, and I pursued that passionately until I turned pro in, in 2018. And now I, you know, I'm kind of living that retirement life. I'm not, uh, I'm, it's not like I'm retired from work, but I'm retired from competition. And, uh, my main focus really, when it comes to fitness these days is, is more on longevity and sustainability. I own a coaching company in Salt Lake and we coach people all around the world, um, on how to, uh, get in the best shape of their life without completely disrupting their life. And you know, we do that through a variety of, of different methods and techniques, but that's me in, in a nutshell. Well, great. We appreciate you being here. So kind of walk through, what is the, the typical client that you get? Is there a specific age you get or gender, anybody that just pops out or do you get all ages, all shapes and sizes? What is the typical person that you get that you coach? Well, I would say we, we definitely do have kind of our person, maybe two people, but we are usually between the ages of 30 and 50. And those that I wouldn't say that they're not beginners most of the time, but you know, every once in a while they do pop through and they still do well here. But I would say it's most people that are trying to take things to the next level. So some basis of fitness and they're trying to build upon that or aren't completely virgins with diets and working out. And so we work, that's kind of our, our person, but it's about 65% women okay. and uh, the rest are men. Okay. And for, you know, a lot of listeners to this show are runners, but I'm sure like me, a lot of them probably cross train over to the gym. You know, this morning I was at the gym and got my free weights in and then did a little swim and tomorrow I'll go for a run. But for someone that just wants to get started, someone's like, I don't know if I want to run. I don't know if I'm going to go to the gym. You know, what's kind of advice you give to people to kind of just give them that nudge they need just to start with their fitness journey? Well, you know, I think the best thing is to do something familiar. So if somebody already has a habit that they really enjoy. So if they like to play basketball a couple times a week or they enjoy hiking or, you know, even it's just a walk around the neighborhood with their spouse in the evening or something like that, I think that trying to find something that is a little bit more comfortable for them initially is probably the best place to start depending on, you know, what the goals are. And then we just kind of build upon that. Um, but that's, it's one of those things that I think a lot of times when people think of, you know, working out or getting in shape, they're like, Oh, I got to go jump on the treadmill at the gym. And that's not very enticing to a lot of people. 
maybe for some runners, which I actually have worked with quite a few long distance athletes, uh, triathletes, ultra marathoners as well. But yeah, it's, I would say something familiar is probably the best place to start. And that's great. And, you know, a lot of the work that you do, I'm sure you have people come in with a specific goal in mind, whether they want to reach a certain level, or a lot of times people may just want to come to you for, to get back in shape and to lose weight. Yeah. You know what, and anybody can go to a fad, you know, diet, anybody can go to a, a quick fix type thing. But in your opinion, doing what you do for as long as you've done it, what do you think leads to long-term fitness and long-term weight loss and keeping that weight off and being, you know, successful with that journey? Well, you know, I think there's a, there's a couple different aspects that are really important. And, you know, one thing that, that really has, has kind of been beneath the surface and that we've kind of come to this realization over the past uh, five, six years, where we've really tried to shift our coaching techniques is rather than focusing so much on the surface level tactics, the surface level issues. And by that, I mean, just the specific types of diet, like restricting this, eating this, not eating that doing this in the gym or not doing that. I think it goes deeper. And so we really do focus on the, the behavioral aspect, the psychological aspect that, you know, leads to the different decision-making that we make in our daily lives and the habits that we form, the people we surround ourselves with figuring out what our why is. Um, and something you, you said earlier, like a lot of people will come to us with a specific goal that's actually missing a lot of the times. Cause it usually the goals are very, very vague. They're just like, Oh, I want to lose weight and feel better which is incredibly vague and there's no specific thing that they're after. And, and a lot of times too, it's not just that, that they're trying to achieve. They're not trying to achieve weight loss. They're trying to achieve the things that weight loss brings them. And that could be, you know, increased confidence. It could be more energy. It could be increased athletic abilities. And all those things could lead to better relationships, better finances, better career, all sorts of things. And so we really try to dig deep into that side of it. And I feel like if you can, you really get that part figured out, even the strictest of diets you could stick to, but on, on that, in the same token, we don't try to give them anything that they can't see themselves doing for basically for the rest of their life. Like if you can't do it for a day, don't, don't do it at all. Right. So we try to find a sustainable solution, incorporating foods that they already enjoy and, and finding a good balance so that they're, you know, able to eat with their families and eat at restaurants and travel and not be restricting the whole time. So what you're saying, are you, are you kind of a one-stop shop? So you work on the physical aspect of it and you just talked about the behavioral aspect of it, but do you also work on the nutritional aspect of it? Yes. Yeah. The nutrition really is the biggest part of it. Obviously we do help them with uh, exercises and, and movements and stuff like that, but we're 100% virtual. And so we don't, we don't work with people in person but the nutrition aspect and the nutrition intervention that is usually needed is, is going to have the biggest impact. And it's usually the hardest part for most people too. So yeah, that's a huge part of what we do. You know what? I tell people that all the time, like I didn't really understand it until I tried to go to the gym a bunch of times, but kept eating the same way I was eating. Right. And at the same time, at the same times I was eating, I'm like, well, I, if I take in the same amount of calories and the same time, and I just go work out for half an hour, got to get in shape, right? But that is that's, that doesn't work if anybody's listening and wants to try that. That doesn't work 99 times out of 100. 
So no, you I, cannot work a bad diet. <laughs> you cannot. Before we move on, I kind of want to just circle back to what you kind of mentioned about the behaviors. And I think I'm so glad you brought that up because even in my own personal life, I went through a, a weight loss journey. And I remember getting to a set goal and I got to it and I went under it and I went under it. And I still woke up in the morning, like not feeling fulfilled Hmm. because in my head, I just wanted to, I thought I just had to lose weight. I got to get better. I just got to lose weight. I didn't really think of like the behavioral aspect of it and actually putting a why behind it. Yeah. There was really no why behind it. And I think it'd be great if you just took a few minutes to kind of talk about that. Why is that why so important for people to actually get on this journey, stay on this journey and become successful at either their fitness journey, their weight loss journey, their running journey, or just becoming the person they want to be? Well, it's a, you know, it's it's such a deep thing, but it really does drive basically everything we do and even just our, our perspective on things sometimes. And it's one of the things that we've been, I mean, even before we kind of started taking a different approach with our fitness, it would always kind of come back to that where basically anytime anybody would encounter a challenge, any sort of obstacle, any sort of resistance to what they're trying to achieve, which you have to expect that with this type of thing, uh, the world is not conducive to, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. It's very much against it. And as, as anybody that's tried to lose weight has discovered. And so, you know, the minute you face resistance, if you don't have a strong enough why, then you're just going to crumble. You're going to cave. And, you know, I've seen plenty of scenarios and it's, it's surprising how, how many people react so differently. I'm sure, you know, you've heard stories of somebody that, you know, went and had a doctor visit and they said, basically, you're not going to make it past the age of 40 or whatever age, unless you make some lifestyle changes. And, you know, I remember one guy in particular, I am reading his story about that. And, and obviously it was big enough for him to, to have a huge transformation because it was basically like get fit or die. And obviously that was a big reason for him to make some changes. And he did. There are a lot of people that hear that, that are faced with that scenario and still don't make the changes. And it's, it's always interesting to hear those scenarios because it's like, what else could be more important than this? And so there's some things that are happening internally that we often don't realize that that take some deep work to get to in order to, to figure out what is holding you back. And it can vary so much from, for so many different people. And it, it's just a matter of, of going through the process. And for us as coaches, it's a matter of getting to know them and, you know, obviously getting that comfort level so that they feel like they can open up to us. And it's, it's not psychology. We're not, you know, I'm not a psychologist, sure. but it's coaching. Uh, coaching at a different level. I mean, I think, and I say coaching and I take that word very seriously. It's not just adjusting someone's nutrition plan or giving them workouts, a robot, a program could do that. Um, but it's a real human that is empathetic, um, but also challenges you when you need to be challenged and, and helps you dig deeper when you're putting your guard up. And so that's, you know, it's one of those things where if you can get that figured out, then nothing's going to stop you. And it goes beyond fitness too. You said it right there, goes beyond fitness. And I'm glad you brought up that word empathetic and empathy because a lot of people will, 
they'll go onto YouTube and they'll go to some channels, maybe IG or whatever, and they'll see a certain type of coach that's just pushing, 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 pushing. Mm-hmm. And immediately they'll say, I don't want that. Like, I can't do that. Like, I don't need that type of coach. But it might send the wrong message about the different types of coaches out there. And for the lay person, you know, like me, I haven't been an athlete for, or a quote unquote athlete. I've been an amateur one at Monday softball games, but I haven't been that athlete right. since college where I was pushed by a coach, a coach that was getting paid by a university. People yeah. see uh, coaches that are paid hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year that they are paid based on their product. But what you're talking about with your coaching is you want to show that level of empathy that shows you truly care about this person. I mean, that's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and one thing I've always said, and I've said this for, for years and, you know, as we started hiring people, because when I started, it was just my wife and I, but if there's anything that we ever want to be known for as a company, it's that we care. And you show that through action. You don't just say that to say that because that's easily disproven by your actions or proven by your actions. And so it's a matter of, you know, honestly, we try to over deliver and, and show up for the people as, as much as we possibly can. And they really do become like family. And it's, you know, inside of our, our community, it's very supportive and um, everyone's becomes great friends and, you know, lifelong relationships, you go to weddings, you know, it's, it's really fun. But I think without that element, it's, you're kind of just on your own and, you know, it's just this coach that's out there. You only, you get an email, you know, every once in a while, some advice here and there. And ultimately it's up left to you and your willpower to stick to it. And that doesn't work. It just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing to hear. Let me be the first to say, I appreciate that approach. And I think a lot of people do appreciate that approach. And so getting back to kind of what we do here, of course, you know, we're, you know, it's called 6am run. It's, it's, you know, a lot of runners listening to this right now and, and your specialty or, or your area of expertise is, you know, weightlifting and bodybuilding. Is that something you would recommend? Whether I am a runner, whether I'm not, whether I'm a walker, would you recommend bodybuilding? No. And honestly, bodybuilding isn't something that I uh, recommend to most people. It was something that I pursued personally, uh, but the grand majority of people that I work with are just trying to get in better shape and uh, have more energy, live longer lives and show up for their kids, be able to keep up with their kids. Um, so it's a lot of parents that we work with, a lot of couples that we work with, but you know, bodybuilding and, and doing, going through that process of actually competing and going through the competition and stuff is the extreme of the extreme. And it's not for most people. Um, and so typically if somebody asks me about it, I make sure they have a very, very thorough understanding of what they're getting themselves into before they get into it. And most of the time, once they hear all the ins and outs about it, they're like, yeah, maybe not. Cause it's, it is pretty aggressive. And, and one thing actually that might surprise, especially the people on this, your listeners here on this, on this podcast is the amount of cardio that we do. So, you know, I'm very familiar with uh, a lot of like marathon training protocols and, and stuff like that. The average bodybuilder getting ready for a competition does almost twice as much cardio as, as someone preparing for a marathon. It's an insane amount because everything is based on calories burned and losing body fat. And so the final three to four months leading up to a competition, there's a significant amount of cardio being done every single day. You know, two, three hours of cardio every day. 
um, sometimes really fast paced and they're doing that every day for, you know, 90 days, uh, the last 90 days leading up to the, the competition. The, the one unique part about, about bodybuilding is that all the work is done by the time you're, you're actually up there on stage versus almost every other sport where that day itself is the hardest day of your training. <laughs> oh, good. Very good point. Never, I never thought about it that way. You're absolutely right. And I think some of the correlations or similarities between, you know, running and what you do, there's different types of running. And of course, there's different types of bodybuilding. And I know, you know, you have your, your short distance runners, which are faster and shorter distance. You have your marathons, ultra marathons. So there's two different kind of classes. Now, yeah. On your side, I'm wondering if you could, for the person that may want to look more into what you're doing, like there is a difference between when you bulk and when you shred. And can you kind of just walk through, you don't have to get into too much detail, but what's your mindset? What goes into your training when you're doing either of those two things? Uh, that's a good question. You know, when it, when it comes to, I actually really don't like the word bulk because I think that almost puts this vision in people's heads that they're going to be eating a lot of garbage and just trying to gain weight to gain weight. Cause that would be the wrong approach. You'd end up with a lot of excess body fat in that effort. But you know, when you're really trying to grow, basically you need to find where your maintenance level is, your maintenance level of calories is and, and go just above that. so that you're seeing some, some weight gain, but you should never see excessive weight gain. Like if you're seeing more than like honestly, probably more than a pound a week, you're eating way too much and you're adding body fat. And honestly, it's probably closer to a half a pound for most people, but it depends on where you're at. If you're just beginning your weight training and, and you're, you're got the food dialed in, then you could gain pretty quickly muscle. In fact, it's the only time in your life where you probably would gain it so fast, but yeah, we never, never go excessive, put anybody to an excessive amount of calories because that is going to result in fat gain. And, and typically, you know, I don't know, I won't get super specific here, but from a macronutrient standpoint, a lot of people think that you need to eat a ton of protein and I actually don't encourage that. What I say is you need to get enough protein. And so you need to make sure you're getting enough to support your body, laying down new muscle fiber, uh, nothing beyond that, because it gets very, very difficult, especially if you have to eat a lot of calories it's very difficult to, to process that much protein and digest it because it's the most satiating of all macros. And so if you're eating a ton of protein, you don't have a lot of room for anything else. And so we have enough protein and then fats for men, I would keep them at the bare minimum. So enough for hormone production. Um, I, I typically don't go below about 40 grams for men. For women, it's anywhere from 50 to 60 grams per day. I and mean, then the rest is all filled in with carbs. And that's really where you're going to see the most growth um, and optimal health too uh, from, in that regard. So we, you know, we do for men, we push quite a few carbs and the, the most I've ever consumed on a daily basis is about 800 grams, which is not easy to do. That does not sound easy at all. No, <laughs> I actually used to look forward to dieting because eating a lot of food was never very much fun. But, and then for women, you know, same thing. Sometimes we will increase fats, but typically if you put yourself into a big caloric surplus, your body is going to more easily convert the dietary fat that you're consuming into stored body fat. And so we try not to go too high in dietary fats when you're in the surplus, because that encourages body fat accumulation. 
So, and what we're trying to do is, is build muscle, not to build fat. And then on the, on the flip side, when you're going to a cut, um, you typically have to increase protein to help with satiety, um, but also to protect your muscle mass. Because if you are in a deficit and you're doing a lot of running or doing a lot of, you know, exercise activity and you don't have enough protein to protect your muscle from breakdown, then you're going to lose it. And that's not good because you worked so hard to gain it. So there's kind of a, a, you know, it shifts quite a bit between those two phases. Well, I appreciate you going into that. And I know a lot of the people listening to this, it's always, not always, but most of the time with the really competitive runners, they'll, they'll always try to get down to a certain weight for a race. Yeah. Because when you're lighter, you just, it's easier on your joints. You can run faster, you know? So for anybody listening who is a runner and is trying to cut, but cut the correct way, what you're saying basically is make sure you're monitoring your proteins when you're in that cut. Is that correct? Yeah. Just make sure you're getting enough. And even, you know, especially for, for endurance athletes, you really do have a higher demand for carbohydrates just because of the amount of calories you're burning every single day. And carbs are protein sparings, meaning that they're going to help buffer and protect muscle mass because you're, if you don't have enough carbs of glycogen in your system, your body's going to start looking for alternative sources and it will use dietary fat, but it, and it will use stored body fat, but it'll also use stored amino acids. So it'll use uh, muscle. And so if you ever start to smell your sweat and it starts to smell like ammonia, that's a sign that you're burning off amino acids. Now, if you're consuming amino acids or have a bunch of protein in your system, then it could smell like that too. But if you know that you don't and you're smelling that, then you know that you're burning off muscle. And that's a common thing for endurance athletes. Well, that, that is some great information. And I'm just going to take us on a 180 real quick because I did want to get to to this. You said that you are married and your wife uh, has worked or does work with you. And yes. is she also into bodybuilding or, or fitness or what what is she into? Uh, she, she has competed. It's been about seven years since she's done that. So she's, she's kind of retired from it. She may make a comeback, but yeah, she, she does this with me and uh, we're both fitness enthusiasts and, but we focus mostly on, you know, working with our, you know, our members and with our coaches at this point. And personally, I, I, like I mentioned, I, I like to go to the gym. I like to run my, my wife does not like gyms. She has her little setup upstairs with the bike and the treadmill. So she does her own thing, but in, you know, how has fitness affected your relationship or your relationships, how does fitness and, and the fact that you guys have that, that similarity, that thing you do together, how has it affected your relationship? Yeah, honestly, I've, we feel blessed that we're able to, to do this together and even more blessed that we're able to work together and still be together. <laughs> um, it's, it's a difficult thing for a lot of couples, even, even working out together is not good for a lot of couples just for obvious reasons. But yeah, with us, we're, you know, we feel blessed that we're, we enjoy the same things and, and we're very passionate about what we do. You know, she kind of has her role within the business. I have my role within the business and, and we support each other. We back each other up and, you know, we've been able to create something pretty special and, you know, luckily we're thriving as a, as a couple. And it's, it's actually one of the things that I talk about quite a bit because I really do think that the better in shape you are, the more healthy you are the better your relationships are and how you, how you treat just, you know, the saying goes, how you do anything is how you do everything. 
if you're, you know, you're taking care of your health and you're putting that effort forth there, then, and you let that trickle into other areas of life and you're putting forth effort towards a relationship, never relaxing and, and, uh, you know, getting, taking things for granted, then you're going to have a thriving relationship. And if you're feel confident about how you look, not necessarily showing up and trying to be attractive for your spouse, because that's usually not the defining factor, but if you feel comfortable and confident about yourself, then intimacy improves too, which is an important factor with relationships that not a lot of people like to talk about, but it's super important. And health has a lot to do with that. And your own personal confidence has a lot to do with it. And again, another thing I'm glad you brought up because uh, when we talk about relationships, a, a lot of the, at least, yeah, again, you're not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. We're not psychologists or anything like that. But I found out that a lot of the issues of relationships whether it's communication, intimacy, all that stuff, a lot of it has to do with how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. And if we're confident in ourselves. And I mean, this is not vanity, but it's true. A lot of our confidence comes from our own self-image and how we yeah. feel, how we look, and how, you know, if if I have to go up a flight of stairs and by the ninth step, I'm winded and I'm tired, like I don't feel great about myself. Right. And that might trickle down into other, and it doesn't have to be our partner relationship or a sexual relationship, it can be our relationship with our coworkers, yep. our relationship with our friends, with our neighbors. So I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, that might be somebody's why right there. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better father. Yeah. And I'm sure in the training that you do, you probably heard that and you can work with that and you can help people with that part of their life. Yeah, it is. Those things come up quite a bit, but they're never on the surface. It's usually not someone's initial reason for, or at least what they say when they are trying to, you know, when, when they come to me, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I need to improve my relationship with my wife. Can you help me with that? Nobody's coming to me for that. It's usually the, the other things it's like, well, I just, you know, I, I need to, I want to look better. I want to fit into my old clothes. I want to not get winded going up the stairs but the, you know, the increased confidence, as you said, it impacts almost everything and not, I mean, yes, your personal relationships, but it can impact just your conduct in your career. And like, let's say you're in sales. If you're not a confident person, you're not going to be a successful salesperson. If you don't have any confidence in, you know, going into, you know, talk to your boss or talk to your superiors or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do interviewing for a job, you're not going to do well. And so it, it is something that impacts almost every aspect of life. And when you have that discipline of being able to take care of yourself and do it well, again, that those practices, those disciplines, the, the way that you, you know, run your life, it trickles into every other area. And it's only if you let it though. And so that's, that's what we really try to build upon when we, we go through our coaching program. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And, and I'm assuming when people go to the website later life, and that's l8rlife.com, that's the picture of you and, and your wife, your better half on the, the front page. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. So everybody, you know, go to this website, see this absolutely fit and gorgeous couple. But what are people going to get when they go to this website? What can they expect to get when they go there? You know, I think they'll get the feeling of what we're all about. We, we talk about our story. And, you know, one thing that I, I might be a little outspoken about in the, not necessarily too much on the website, but definitely on my social or I kind of talk about the fitness industry itself and how for for the most part, it doesn't really help people. And so I'm kind of on this crusade 
to help inform people and help help them uh, not be led astray by all the fad crash diets out there that are only hurting people. And, and I really want to help people find the right way, the sustainable way so that they get fit and they stay fit. And, and it leads to a much more happy and fulfilled life uh, rather than continually struggling from one diet to the next. So I want to make sure I get this right. We have you're a bodybuilder that is honest with people and says, this isn't for everyone. You don't, I don't think people understand the bodybuilding. And then you're a fitness instructor. You're a, a business owner that will talk against parts of the fitness industry. I think I'm hearing that correctly. Yeah. I talk about, I speak out against the industry quite a bit. It's not like I'm against it. There's some great, phenomenal people out there doing a lot of great things. But for a lot of other people, it's just a money grab and uh, a marketing opportunity. And, you know, it's big business. And so, you know, they do do a lot of predatory marketing. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people fall prey to that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said it because unfortunately, that is true in the society we live in. And, and anybody can pop up in a, in a Facebook group or an IG page or website and says, hey, we can make you who you want to be in 30 days. Yeah. Just sign sign right here. Yep. And for the next 72 months, we're going to take 200 bucks from you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. wait a second. I don't know what I got into. And, and there's fine print and all this stuff you have to go through. So I, I'm sure my listeners or our listeners really appreciate you saying that. And Jeff, before I let you go, I kind of want you to go ahead and plug how I kind of mentioned the website, but how else can people see what you're doing, get in contact with you and become a part of your, your program? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's always good to get to know somebody. Anybody that's listening, you obviously heard what I've you know, said here on, on this podcast. And I post all the time on my Instagram and that's, that's what I primarily use. Um, so that's probably the best place to go. And that's where you can get more information from me, more tidbits, small pieces of advice. And I do a lot of reels, but you know, you can only get so much into the a minute in there, but, uh, post a lot of content. So if you just go to Jeff later, J E F F L A T E R, uh, you'll find me and, uh, just give me a follow. And if, if you're interested, shoot me a message. That's probably the simplest way of finding me. And then obviously you gave me, give my website, just just laterlife.com with the number eight in there. L eight R L I F E.com. Well, I appreciate that. Go to the website, go to the IG page, look for him online. We'll, we'll post his information with this show. Jeff, always a pleasure. I appreciate you you being on the show and kind of, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of refreshing having this conversation <laughs> with someone who just, who just gets it. You know, you just get it. Like no one is, you know, no two people are the same. You have to do more listening than talking when it comes to coaching and mentoring and leading. And I, I feel like you're doing that. And we try. Uh, yeah, I mean, you do, it, it feels like you are. So thanks for being a sh- part of the show. And like always, the, the show is brought to you by uh, 6amrun.com. Head over to 6amrun.com for the best, I believe the best running supplements with over 10,000 five-star reviews. And you can sign up today to get up to 20% off your first order. Jeff, always a pleasure. You take care of yourself and we'll talk to you later, okay? All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it. 